Hey, I'm glad you're watching. This is the second installment of our African United Methodist Voices series. If you haven't seen it, I've already done kind of an introduction to the series, and I've done my first interview with Reverend Dr. Jerry Kula. Very interesting interview. Uh, the one you're about to watch is also interesting. This is Ande Emanuel. He is the um, head of the Voices of Africa. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and warn you, it's, it's a little bit of a stilted interview. We could not get a good internet connection that lasted for very long. So we'd have a good chat for 10 minutes or so, and then it would cut out, and we'd start back up again. So um, anyway, the content's really good. I really enjoyed getting to know Ande and to, to try and understand uh, how it is that he sees the picture. Um, there are many more conversations that need to be had, but um, I hope you learn from Ande, get to see things from his perspective. Um, so uh, anyway, I learned a lot. I hope you learn a lot. Enjoy. So, yeah. so the question yeah. I was wanting to ask was, um, what do you think, if you could help me understand, where is the main disagreement between Africa Voices of Unity and Africa Initiative. What? How would you? How would you say the difference is in what? Thank you, you very much. Yeah, I I really appreciate the time uh, you created for us to talk together this evening. Yes, is I think it's around six, um, seven o'clock, seven p.m. here in Nigeria. Mm -hmm. Probably right. is one p.m. Uh, where you are. That's you right. are. Remind yeah. me where you are again. So I, you if you look at the whole United States of America, I am very close to right. the very center of it in a state called Oklahoma. And that's the Oklahoma. Okay. That's the okay. place where okay. uh, the United States made room for the Native Americans to have their own place. And then we took that one, too. So now I live right. I live in a very small town in the northeastern part of of Oklahoma called Nowata. All right. Uh, it's thank, a town of 3000 people. Yeah, thank you very much for this opportunity to connect with you. Well, sure. Um, I really appreciate the passion you have in Africa and try to see how, as uh, people of United Methodist Church, we can do something uh, that is meaningful that will promote the gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. Yes. You know, the reason why the Africa Initiative was created initially was to make sure that the delegates that are coming from Africa equally participate in the general conference and other uh, activities of our global church in the same way as their other contemporary does in the in North America, in Europe, and other parts of the world. Yes. So the Africa Initiative was originally created. Uh, to preserve the United Methodist Church, to protect the United Methodist Church. Yes. The African Initiative was not was not created to help break the United Methodist Church. Right. So uh, uh, um, it reached a particular point in time that Africa Initiative was losing its time. Africa Initiative was becoming more of. Uh, an offshoot of the WCA. I'm not, I don't have anything against WCA. I don't have anything against uh, traditionalists or any any group in any uh, renewal coalition in the United States. Mm -hmm. What I am talking about is purely an African thing. 
understand and our African understanding and our Af working within our African understanding and working within our African context. Yes. So it, it reached a certain point in time where the African initiative wasn't doing anything African. It has to wait for anything, everything, sorry. They just took our light. So I hope you can, yeah, yeah. This is how power is here in Nigeria. Interesting. So it's off and on, yeah. So the African initiative was losing the essence which it was created, which is to preserve the United Methodist Church and make sure that African General Conference delegates and other African leaders have a say in the same way the Americans, the Europeans, and other people in the other part of the world have. But it reached a certain point of time that the African initiative was more of like uh, uh, an offshoot of the Wesleyan Covenant Association. It too much dependence on what is coming in America mm -hmm. has destroyed the African initiative. Take, for example, the African initiative doesn't do anything on its own. It depends on the Wesleyan, Wesleyan Covenant Association for funding. It depends on the Wesleyan Covenant Association for even digesting the le le legislation that are going to general conference. They have lost that stand and that stamina to be able to stand and, and do something that will be African. They have to wait for papers that will come from America. They have to wait for fundings that are coming from America. So these are our areas of disagreement with African initiative. African initiative is no longer African initiative, but rather an American initiative that is present in Africa, okay. which is different from African Voice of Unity. The African Voice of Unity is an initiative for the Africans, is a voice, is the original voice of people from Africa. Uh -huh. We don't depend on any coalition in the u.s for funding we don't depend on them to get our voice to the global church we do things in an african way by the african and for the african so those are our areas of differences okay you you have given me a lot and that's very helpful um so uh Jer uh reverend kula is not here is he a pastor i think he is isn't he Yes, he's a pastor. He's yeah. a pastor. Reverend Dr. Kula, he's not here. The, the, I asked him some of these questions as well. Um, of course, he, he comes from a different perspective, but I asked him, um, has the Africa Initiative been influenced by the, the GMC and the WCA? Do you see yourself as an outgrowth of them, or are you different? And he said, so I didn't ask him about the money. So let me just get clear about the money. Are you how how are you sure that money comes from the WCA and goes to the Africa Initiative? How, do you know that? Well, sure? I, I have been part of that Africa Initiative. I have gone to General Conference for several times. So before any General Conference will hold the WCA, the Good News Confessive Movement, and other uh, renewal coalition uh -huh. will invite the Africans to a retreat. Yes. In that retreat, there are a lot of gifts. The WCA, the Wesleyan Governor Association, and other provide gifts. They, they take care of every bill that uh, is spent in that area. Apart from that bill, again, at the end of the retreat, there were people that were given gifts. Even before the, before the, 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 the general conference starts, uh -huh. that retreat is held to show the Africans 
where to vote and what to vote on and what not to vote on. Mm -hmm. This is the area that I disagree. Sure. As people of Africa, I think we should be allowed, even if there is some information sharing, that information sharing should come in an independent way. I, 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 might, not, I'm not, I might not always be right about this, but this is how I feel mm -hmm. that as Africans, we should be allowed to do to think for ourselves. We yes. should be allowed to bring our own contribution to the table yes. in an equal way. We shouldn't be just like being dictated where to see what to vote on and what not to vote on. Beside that, recently, the African Initiative <laughs> called a prayer summit. They have been holding prayer summit in Kenya. Those funds are comes from the US, comes from Wesleyan Covenant Association, they pay the, the travel ticket, they pay the food, they pay uh, the transportation to Kenya. For All these things are paid, are not paid by the, by, by the African initiative, are paid by the, by the, the WC and other uh, uh, um, uh, coalition within the United States. So those are areas that I talked about, money are involved. Okay. And at the end of this meeting, there are people that are being compensated in one way or the other. Okay. Um so whenever I uh, spoke with Mr. Kula, um, I so one of the things that he said that addresses this is um, he said that the 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 Reform and Renewal Coalition, their theology, their identity largely overlaps with African theology and identity. He didn't say entirely. He just said in many ways. And so. Um, when when African uh, representatives have come to America, there have been efforts from all the coalition groups to befriend the Africans, but the Africans have been drawn towards the Reform and Renewal Coalition because they share many uh, theological priorities and agendas. He also said that um, if if the Africa Initiative were just an extension of the WCA, then they would be advocating for the African churches to split away from the United Methodist Church and to join the, the, the global Methodist Church. But he said that at this point, uh, he and other Africa initiative leaders are very clear that they don't want to split from the United Methodist Church unless the, um, the theology of the United Methodist Church changes. For right now, he is saying- you, Do you believe him? Do you believe him about that uh, do you believe what he said i i'm going to my my policy in all my conversations with brothers and sisters in africa is going to b believe everything people tell me as much as i can okay and I so understand that but can you take time to read have you taken time to read uh, the statement that was issued by the african initiative uh when the when the Global Methodist Church was launched in first May of this year, when you read that statement, it clearly states that the African Initiative welcomed the Global Methodist Church to Africa. Hmm. So they, they welcomed the Global Methodist Church to Africa, mm -hmm. and very soon they are going to join the Global Methodist Church. So maybe you need to go back and read that statement again. Would you, you would, would you be willing to that. would you be willing to let me look that up real quick and find the exact language? Sure, sure. Okay. Sure. I'm gonna look it up. You Africa. Google, 
African Initiative welcomes Global Methodist Church. Because I thought I had read, all right, UMC on May 2nd, 2022, UMC, okay, this is an article from Juicy Ecumenism, says that, uh, well, it's not going to bring it up, huh? You can get from Juicy Ecumenism, you can get an, uh, that, the PDF attachment in, in that mail. If you can open the real statement, you can read the first two or three lines on that statement, then you will understand what Africa Initiative said about the coming of the Global Methodist Church in Africa. Okay, I'm gonna, okay, so I've got, so they attach to the PDF. Okay, I see the PDF down there and I'm pulling it up. Okay, it's just a one-page document. Yes. It says, God's church is born, the Global Methodist Church. This is the dawning of a new day. To God be the glory. We joyfully welcome the birth of the GMC. We celebrate and congratulate everyone who has been a part of this process, whom God has used to create a safe space where believers in Jesus Christ from across the global community, Africa, Asia, Europe, South America, North America, and Australia, can commit to making disciples of Jesus Christ and expressing the love of God to all humanity through our services to the church and society. The United Methodist Church in Africa Initiative congratulates members of the WCA's Global Leadership Council and Transitional Leadership Council for launching the GMC. To God be the glory. We welcome the Global Methodist Church to Africa. Yeah, you, had, you quoted that. As a faithful, Christ-centered, Wesleyan evangelical partner toward the fulfillment of the Great Commission of Jesus yeah. Christ. So I, I got halfway through the letter, and I found much of what you said, and then there's a closing prayer, it says. And should I read that too? Yeah, you can read okay. that. Go ahead. Savior, like a shepherd, please lead us in the path of righteousness for your name's sake. Help us to do the right thing in word and deed as your faithful and obedient disciples. Lead us with a common vision, mission, passion, and commitment to living out our Christian faith and proclaiming the undiluted word of God, not with words of human wisdom, but with wisdom endowed by the Holy Spirit. Grant us the... All right, that, that's okay. That's okay, okay. okay. So, so the point I'm, the it, point I'm trying to draw out here, when you read that letter, mm -hmm. and when you look at what Jericho is telling you, to me, these are totally different things. Okay. If he said that, 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 that the African initiative is not working to pull the United Methodist Church in Africa out of United Methodist Church, mm -hmm. I would say that Jericho is not being honest. So why am I saying that? What am I saying that? I'm saying that because that letter spell it very clearly that the African Initiative welcomes the Global Methodist Church to Africa. I am not. I don't have anything against the Global Methodist Church. Mm -hmm. By by in terms of theology, I call myself. I am also a, a traditionalist in terms of theology. Yes. So I believe, I, 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 I hold on to African understandings. And 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 I hold on to our African on the beliefs about marriage and other things. Yes. So I I I don't underestimate or I don't undermine the Americans and mm -hmm. what they hold on to. Yes. I respectfully had conversation with several people about their beliefs, about what they understand. Mm -hmm. So what I'm trying to to pull out in this place is that. Mm -hmm. Jericho says something different and does something different. Yes. When you look at the prayer submit, 
you look at the agenda of the press summit they had last in Kenya, mm -hmm. you get to understand that 75% of the agenda was, wasn't on prayer summit. It wasn't on teaching them how to establish the global Methodist church in Africa, teaching them how to do baptism in the global Methodist church, teaching them how, what, if, 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 if this is not an attempt to break the United Methodist Church in Africa, then what is it for? So uh, uh, what I'm trying to say here is the Africa Initiative has felt to be a voice for the United Methodist Church in Africa, uh -huh. but rather becoming a, a tool uh, uh, for like neo-colonialism that we try to forget of the past, mm -hmm. they're trying to bring it now. So these are the areas that I personally yeah. and I and other people disagree with what Jerry Kula and his lack minds are doing. So uh, what? Okay. So when, another thing that Jerry said when I talked with him is that he believes that the African voice is one that that the ninety nine percent of Africans agree on theology and how to do the church and how to be Methodist, and he believes that it's only Western money and influence that has split. African uh, bishops off from the people and Africa Initiative off from Africa Voices of Unity. He 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 was very clear with me that he uh, agrees with you and he agrees with um, he I, he didn't deny that that you two are in separate groups. However, he was very clear that that um, that the thing that has divided you is not in anything with beliefs. It's only based on powers outside of Africa that are trying to influence. And I think both you and Jerry would agree that there are powers outside of Africa, especially Absolutely. in America. I, I agree with him as well. I, I definitely agree with him. One of the things that divide us with African initiative is mm -hmm. the influence from abroad. Right. So they too much depends on, 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 on what comes from uh, uh, abroad rather than creating something that is African. So we, the difference we are making is that we are creating things that are Africans. Yes. We are self-supportive. We are self-funding. Mm -hmm. We are self-propagating. And we try as much as possible to bring our own voices yes. without any interference. I know of many, many uh, instances whereby even if African initiative is going to make statement, that statement will be written in America and they will just put their signature here. So I think you just said, did I hear you right that there are statements put out by the Africa Initiative that were actually written in America and sent over? Absolutely, absolutely, okay. absolutely, absolutely. So that's that. So um, part of what as I've I've spoken with you, I've spoken with Jerry, I've spoken with a couple people that don't want me to name them. I, I didn't know that <laughs> until just recently. But um, there is this concern of neocolonialism. And a couple Africans right. that I've spoken with kind of roll their eyes at that. Um, and then a couple Africans that I've spoken with take that very seriously. Um, right. I, I, um, I have tried to make sure I, I fit the profile of a Western colonialist. Okay, so I'm, I'm a white, male, well-educated, uh, middle class. Um, I, I easily fit into a stereotype of a colonizer. And so I, I don't want to do that. <laughs> I want to figure out. I understand. I understand. I want to figure out because so for people like me, the way we think about it is whenever 
our brothers and sisters in Christ come over from other parts of the world. They don't necessarily have all of the uh, privileges that we do. And so we see it as our, yeah. our moral obligation to offer whatever aid would be appreciated. But we also see that we should never use our material uh, privileges to compromise African beliefs or integrity. And that's a hard line to walk. Um, so one of the differences I see between you and Jerry is I, I think he believes that African individuals can receive gifts, privileges from Americans without compromising their beliefs or their integrity. And it sounds to me as though you believe that when gifts are exchanged, that does compromise the integrity of the African voice. Does that sound like I understand it properly? Yeah, yeah. What, uh, to a certain extent, what you are saying could be right. I am not saying that there are gifts that can come with that strings attached to them. Uh -huh. But there are others that comes with uh, 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 attachment with them, uh, with them. So most of this that comes from the African initiative comes with an attachment, comes with obligation, comes with a responsibility. When, when, when African initiative receive funding mm -hmm. or they really receive a support from abroad, most time the, 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 some, maybe general conference is coming. Uh -huh. Somebody somewhere saw the general conference coming and wants certain legislation to pass at the general conference. Yes. So that is the, the that is when they will try to bring that. And that is when you will see papers flowing, what to vote, what to say, what not to say. So these are kind of places and kind of areas that we are talking about here. Mm -hmm. I agree with what Jerry Kula tells you that, yes, there are support that you can get that not necessarily you have to pay it in some form of voting or in some form of uh, promoting a particular agenda in the United States. I agree with that. But most often than not, when these things are coming, most especially from the African initiative, uh -huh. you have to understand that they are coming with this attachment on them. Well, okay, and and what makes it very complicated is that the African initiative is not accountable to anybody. They don't give any report. Since the African initiative was established, there is no any, any organization mm -hmm. that they are accountable to. Mm -hmm. There is no, nobody knows how much Jerry Kula is receiving in, in fund and how he spends the money. Mm -hmm. So this kind of thing are casting a lot of doubts and, and disbelief towards what the, really the African initiative are doing. And that is the reason why the African College of Bishops have to come up to make such kind of statement. Mm -hmm. Because the African initiative, I believe what the, I, I stand with the majority of the African College of Bishops, mm -hmm. that the African initiative has not represented Africa from the original meaning which the initiative was established. They have deviated from the from the meaning yeah. in which the initiative has was so so i'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna release the conversation i had with jerry and i think you'll be pleased he spends the first half of it recounting the history 
of why the Africa Initiative began, the successes in getting some Africans on the Judicial Council, on some of the general boards, increasing African influence. We did that together. We right. did that when we were together. Yes. And when the going was, 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 was okay, right. and, and when we were all in the same platform, we did all those things that he said uh, together. Yes, and But it so I, a certain point of time uh -huh. that they deviated from doing that, that and doing something else. Yeah, I, I think if I understand his heart, he understands what they're doing now to be connected with what you two were doing before. He doesn't see that. He does. I think he might acknowledge that um, he s spends time and energy on different things as well, but I don't think he, he definitely does not feel bad about what you two did together. He's still very proud of that work. And he, I think he sees what he's doing as an extension of that. I could be wrong, but I, I know that he does I, not. Yes, I perfectly understand you. I perfectly understand that. So let me ask you about a specific thing that I did, and I might be a neo-colonist for this. Uh, but whenever we were looking at um, maybe having general conference this year, um, one of the things that we knew would complicate things was if uh, African delegates were unable to get visas or vaccines. And so Good right. News Magazine started a, a fundraiser. They invited uh, Reconciling Ministries Network, a, a number of other caucuses on the right, on the left. On this. Nobody on the left wanted to take money to help that happen. I gave $50 because I wanted full participation. And yes, I'm aware that my African brothers and sisters probably would vote in a way that I would like. But uh, mostly, I just... I think it's wrong when people can't participate when they don't have resources. So I shared my resources to help Africans get visas and vaccines. Now, when I did that, was that uh, an extension of neocolonialism or was that an act of love or some mixture of the two? What do you think? Personally, I would say that is an art of love. Okay. Do you understand that? That is an art of love. I, in fact, I, I personally agree with people that came up with this idea uh -huh. that uh, resources should be made available uh -huh. for African delegates to be able to travel to participate at the general conference. Yes. There is no doubt about it, and there is nothing wrong about that. But okay. where the problem lies is the intention. You might have a good intention of doing that, uh -huh. but what the African initiative are doing, uh -huh. as Africans, we know ourselves. Uh -huh. So there are certain things that Africans will do that will take me just minutes to understand, but it will take you a year or more to understand. Okay. So uh, I will set an example. Uh, uh, when, when those funds and those resources are being made available for delegates to travel. Uh -huh. Afghan initiative was sending you information that were not true. One of the information they sent, which I have talked to you about, is uh -huh. that they said, oh, they have conducted a, a, a research and found out that majority of the African delegates have been vaccinated. Right, yes, and I remember get that. Visa to travel, uh -huh. which is not true. This, which is not true. They, have, they haven't they haven't contacted uh, uh, most of the delegations in West Africa. Mm -hmm. I have been the head of delegation in Nigeria 
ever since I started going to general conference, mm -hmm. nobody from African initiative asked me that have I gotten a visa or have I been vaccinated? But somebody is somewhere there reporting that they have made uh, fundings that, that, that most of Africans have been vaccinated. That is why we have to come up with a version that we feel is the truth. And we, what is the truth? The African need for us, we came to realize the majority of us are yet to be vaccinated mm -hmm. and visa are issues. We send evidence to the, uh, the, to the uh, uh, Commission on General Conference. We mm -hmm. send photo shots of screenshots of available dates of interview, which were until 2023. Yeah. But the African initiative will tell you that the, most of the African have their visa and they will be able to travel. So these are some of the issues that are making many of us believe that African initiative is deviating from the original reason that it was created. Let me let me offer a reflection and, and see what you think about this, because uh, I think that a couple of the things you lift up are very uh, common sense concerns to have. Financial transparency is, I think, key for anyone to have integrity. But uh, it's re it's recently come to my attention that um, there isn't much financial transparency anywhere within our denomination. Um, it's not just in coalition groups, but also within the denomination itself. Right. We, we can see what the bishops make, but we can't see a lot of other financial expenses and moving of money that we might like to see. And that's not just in right. Africa. That's in America as well. So, But right. also when we're talking about research done, um, uh, Africa Voices of Unity had your own understanding of how many people were vaccinated and had visas. Africa Initiative had their own understanding. But then I don't know if you're aware of this. You probably are. The African – no, the, the General Conference Commission that was responsible for deciding if we would have general conference this year. Right. Joseph DePaolo, one of the members of that commission – he wrote afterwards that they never did that research to see how many of the delegates had uh, been vaccinated or gotten their visas. So anyway, I was just I was highlighting that because um, I wonder sometimes if Africans are under the impression that the Americans have more transparency or that we do better work. And it seems to me that uh, one of the things that we have in common is lack of transparency and not always doing our homework very well. What do you think about that? Does that sound real, or uh, do you do you think that? Yeah, what, what you said, what you said, may be the case in many cases. Yeah, uh, and, and I agree with you that um, the issue of transparency can be a global issue, uh -huh. including uh, Americans as well. Uh -huh. But uh, uh, um, uh, sometimes here in Africa, is worse than it is in America. You think? Okay. When you put like in a ratio of one to ten, I would say America will be trying like uh, from one to six, while Africa is trying from one to three. Okay. Okay. Why did I say so? When you look at what the bishops, United Methodist uh, bishops in Africa are doing, mm -hmm. uh, uh, it's different from what the bishops in America are doing. I know that I've, we are from different contexts and we have different issues to deal with. Mm -hmm. But let me just pull out one example. When you look at the way you are being paid as a pastor and with the way your bishop is being paid and taken care of as a pastor, 
there is no much difference. There might be differences in many areas, but when you take a look at what is happening in Africa, yeah. it's entirely, entirely different and entirely horrible. Mm -hmm. So I will start an example. I have served uh, in different capacity in the United Methodist Church as, as an elder. So uh, when you look at that kind of differences between what, what it means to be a pastor in Africa, yeah and what it means to be a pastor in the united states you get to understand that africa has a lot of way to go so i, think... I have said african has so much work to do right yes 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 i i think what I you're suffered. saying is like in america we have a baseline amount that all pastors have to make and yes and yes. in africa there but is no you, baseline yes you don't have that in africa okay and you that's don't a huge have difference that in africa yeah i am trying to cite an example with myself as an elder yeah. i have served the united methodist church for more than 20 years and i've served in different capacity including being an administrative assistant to a bishop mm -hmm. so but when you look at uh, 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 the level of my own payment and that of a bishop mm -hmm. Uh, you get to understand that as Africans, that if you are a pastor, mm -hmm. you, you, your work is not being valued in any level. Mm -hmm. But bishops works like kings, works like rulers in different aspects. So okay. this has been one of the areas where there is no transparency. But the case is different in America. I understand that the issue of accountability is a global issue. Sure. But yeah. here in Africa, we try as much as possible to tell our people that we have a long way to go as far as accountability and transparency are concerned. I'm not saying that Americans are perfect. They're not. Right. They're not perfect. No, I, yeah. But we still have a long way to go. So this yeah. this this extends to what the, the Blues and the Africa Initiative is doing. Yes. So we have questioned this not only on issues of funding alone mm -hmm. i have personally questioned the african initiative i asked them how many times as africans have we raised support for african initiative mm -hmm. we solely depends on what is coming abroad right we need to get an initiative since we are called an initiative we need to initiate ways where as africans we can raise support for ourselves we don't need always to depend on what comes from America, comes from Europe. That has been my challenge to the church in Africa. Tell so me, I'm not saying that if supports come from America or Europe, we shouldn't uh, uh, receive it. Yeah, we will we will gracefully, blessfully receive it. Yeah, but as Africans, we should be working towards financial independence, and we should also be working towards our theological independence as well. Tell me what you think of this. Um, I was speaking with uh, another African brother, um, and uh, he conveyed the the thought that Americans don't have real problems on the same level as Africans. Um, I tend to agree with him. In Africa, uh, in many African nations, you're still dealing with a level of poverty that we don't have in America. You're dealing with a level of persecution that we don't have in America. Um, you're, you're dealing with a lack of financial resources that we don't have in America. I, I think right. there, there are ways in which our, our, our areas of ministry are very different. Um, the way I have imagined 
a healthy exchange between Americans and Africans would be that we share um, our, our material resources and that you share the wisdom that comes from doing uh, ministry in the midst of much more adversity than us. I, I believe that, right. that the Christian faith does not hold much value if it's not tested. And it's clear to me that my African brothers and sisters have a much stronger faith than most Americans. Not all, but most. And so I wanted to imagine a future in which the church in Africa takes leadership spiritually and and in which the church in America um, is able to give financially. And that's not to say that Africans don't give any money, but Africans already are giving lots of money to support their pastors, to support their buildings. And so I'm, I'm not... Whenever, whenever I hear you talk about the, the church in Africa needs to be self-sufficient, I'm sure it can be self-sufficient materially, but I, I, think, uh, I, I don't think it has to be necessary in order for the African voice to have integrity. I think you can have integrity while taking resources from other parts of the world. Um, right. And so I, 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 I put this to you in text I would like to see the African United Methodists take over the denomination. I, I would like for America right. to take a back seat and let Africa lead for a bit uh, or right. forever. I don't know until Jesus comes back. Who knows? Um, so, so what? So, in my mind, if that's going to happen, then it is important for the Afri- African voice to be unified as much as possible, which is something you care right. about as well. Um, in America, in America, we're tearing ourselves apart. We need strong leadership from Africa, but, um, it seems to me that a lot of Western money and influence has been used to try and also tear Africa apart so that you cannot stand together to minister to us as we need. Um, so what do you think, what I think needs to happen, I would love to see peace I don't know about the bishops in Africa. I don't know about them at all. I know about Bishop Wandabula blessing a, a reconciling ministries church, um, I, but that's all I can see of the American liberals really influencing things over there. With with Jerry, I suspect that his behavior is because he wants to continue forward in relationship with evangelical Americans. He wants to have right. a prolonged... So when he spoke with me, he said, when, when the WCA folks came over here, they said, we need to leave the UMC. We said, okay, God bless you. You can go. We're staying. We, we in Africa, we're going to stay with the UMC. We wish you well. We want to bless you. We want to continue being in relationship with you, but we're going to stay and continue to minister to the UMC. That's, I'm almost quoting him word for word when he said that. So this statement you had me read, I read it through the lens of he still wants to be friends with these people. He doesn't want to separate from them. He wants to say, God bless these people. They're doing God's work. But he also wants to stay in the UMC and do UMC work while collaborating with American evangelicals. Does that sound different from what you were saying? Does that sound silly or does that sound realistic? Well, well, I, I, I have told you initially that 
uh, I may be wrong on that. I, I look at Jerry Kula as saying something different, but doing something different. Okay, okay. He says he one thing, does another. He painted a nice picture. Okay. He painted a nice picture by words, by mm -hmm. telling you that this is this is what he hopes, mm -hmm. uh, uh, that, 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 that the Africans will stay in a United Methodist Church and then uh, be in relationship with the evangelical. We all want that. Mm -hmm. That is true. That is true about uh, about what we the African Voice of Unity stand for. Mm -hmm. But the problem is when it comes to the practical aspect of it, that is not what we are seeing. Okay. That is that is where the problem lies. Okay. So uh, uh, um, I have told many people that I don't have a problem with anyone in America. Yeah. Americans have their own peculiar issues to deal with. And we Africans have, have our own peculiar issues to deal with. Mm -hmm. The problem that we're having is we 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 double into Americans' issues when we don't deeply understand them. And I may be I may be corrected on that. I have I went to Wesley Theological Seminary. I've stayed in American for for quite some time before returning to Nigeria. Mm -hmm. Uh, that has not given me enough time to understand uh, uh, the real issues that has to be Americans. So what I try to tell people here is, um, why can't we allow America? I may be wrong on this, mm -hmm. and correct me if I am. Mm -hmm. Why can't we allow Americans to deal with issues that are particularly Americans? Mm -hmm while we have our own time to deal with our own issues yeah yes there might be issues that we will collaborate mm -hmm. those issues that are very collaborative that americans can help us those are areas that we should be interested about one we are battling with poverty we are battling with medical challenges here mm -hmm. we need our children to go to school right we're battling with persecution, yes. so on and so forth. These are areas that we need our American brothers to come in. Mm -hmm. Are there areas that our American brothers are battling with that we can come in that is not above what we can do? We can also do that equally. But when it comes in terms of defining marriage, we African have a stand. We all believe that marriage is a union between a man and a woman mm -hmm. only. Yes. A, monogam a monogamous union. Okay. Here in, in Africa, we have our own marriage problem. Mm -hmm. We yeah. have the issue of polygamy. Right, yeah. People struggle in a church whereby we are struggling with the debate whether pastors can bless children that are born out of polygamous uh, yeah. marriages. Do you know we Maybe have that problem now too? Yeah, these are controversial issues. Yes. We still have arguments whether you can give the second wife uh, a, a holy communion when she comes to church. Oh. Many people will walk up to me and say, Pastor, why do you give a second wife? This, this woman went and married a man that already has a wife. Mm. So this and this marriage is recognized by Nigerian law yeah. and, and, and the civic union. So these are these issues. We don't take them to general conference. Yes. Well, so we don't take issues to general conference. Let me rewind a little bit. Are there other issues 
that you think are unique to America that don't really apply or that that Africans should not necessarily step into and and minister to us in or is it is it only with the se sexuality stuff well to me for now the the major issue here is that, that the issue of, uh, of sexuality and 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 there might be other issues as i told you earlier on that i might not be aware of it okay but the the, the major issue i'm talking about the uh -huh. major issue which has dominated the general conference for so many years yeah which is the issue of human sexuality right so the way that many people like me have looked at it is we need the clarity and discernment of our African brothers and sisters on this issue because Americans have lost our discernment. We, we have right. lost our integrity. It, but when, when I hear you talk, it sounds to me as though you say, you know what, you guys do whatever you're going to do. Uh, we'll take care of our problems. You take care of your problems. Uh, we don't, we don't want to deal with this anymore. And and um, and that that I I, I understand that uh, being tired with us, but also it, it just makes me sad because I feel like sometimes when you're too close to something you can't see it well, and I think the Americans are too close to this stuff, and we need people from the outside to come in and say this is how we see things from the outside, and mm -hmm. we're pretty sure we're right, and you need to listen to us. And I think that's what ministry is. That's what I do from the pulpit every Sunday is I speak to people's lives because they are still struggling with sins that, that they need to get away from. And they make it seem okay. It, it feels okay to them, but it's not okay to God. And so I help them see that from the outside. Right. And so I, right. think we need, I think we need our African brothers and sisters to do that. And I think we need to believe that once America gets our act together, you know, in the meantime, we can be sending money and we can be building relationship, but perhaps there's a time in the future where Americans can minister to Africans without being neo-colonialist, just being good right. brothers and sisters. Right. But if we if we allow for a separation to happen right now, then I don't think it's very likely that we will be able to minister to one another in the future. I think if anything... I agree with you. I, I definitely share the same opinion. Yes. I agree with you to some level. What yeah. I agree with you that as Africans, we should be able to say, okay, uh, uh, this is how we see things from where we are. Mm -hmm. I, I, if there are areas that we can do that, I think I will appreciate it. But that where I have a problem is what I'm talking about, where this issue of human sexuality mm -hmm. refused to go away. We have spent so much time in the entire time in the general conference, dragging about these things endlessly at yeah. any moment yeah. that we are at the general conference. Uh -huh. Yeah. Do you understand my point? Oh yes. I I'm we we are I, just as tired as you guys. We are very tired of it. <laughs> but so, so wait, but let me say one thing. So if, you, has, if you've read much ahead, Christian ahead. history, there are many heresies that took the church a hundred years to discern our way through and come to a resolution point. And I've, right. I, I have thought this is a test of our faith to see if we can be patient and, and uh, endure and forbear with one another. Because I do believe slowly, I mean, it's more slow than we want, but slowly the African church has been growing 
and the American church has been shrinking. African representation right. is growing in influence. And I think there is right. a day in the future where the African church says, okay, Americans, sit down and be quiet for a minute and let us lead. And at that, on that day, I think the sexuality debate will end. I think the, the privileged, uh, elite American Methodists will leave. I think they will be quiet because then they're in the position of being racist if they fight against their African brothers and sisters. When Bishop Carcano said that Africans needed to grow up, that was a bad look, all right? And I think that is the dynamic that allows for not just the Africans to win, but for all of us to win, because I think it's a losing. If the church accepts gender ideology, then I don't see the point of the church. Yeah, I just think that is a, a complete failure. And I don't want y'all. I don't want y'all to leave us alone. Uh, and and I know that there is a proposal on the table that people call uh, the Christmas Covenant. I think is what they call it, where Africa gets regional autonomy, America gets regional autonomy. We can do what's right in our own eyes. I think that that would be. I mean, you tell me, Ande, if the American Church went our own way and we changed the rules around sexuality so that we had gay pastors showing up to general conference, so that we were performing gay, gay marriage, would you look at the Americans as true Christians? Well, um, I might not be at the, at, the, at, the, at the side of being judgmental. I try as much as possible as pastor not to be judgmental. Okay. Said, as I told you earlier on, I, I, I don't live much of my life in America. Right. America is a country of its own, with its own regulation. I, 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 I have my own set of beliefs and understandings. Uh -huh. In as much as I want everybody to believe what I believe, uh -huh. to act the way I act, uh -huh. to move the way I move, sure. sometimes I am limited in imposing my own beliefs on other people. This is, these are areas that I am very careful about. Sure. I, as an African, I believe, as I told you earlier on, is that how I wish Americans will understand that keeping our, our understanding of marriage the way it is, is for the best interest of the church in Africa yes. and anywhere else in the world. Yes. Do you understand what I mean? I think and so, but there's, there's also the... So there's the African way of doing things, there's the North American way of doing things, there's the Asian way of doing things. Those are all worldly cultures. But then there's the culture of God, which we encounter in the Bible. Yes, and yes we, that's what I'm saying. If we can keep the Bible as the, the standard for, uh, as the one standard yes. way of doing things, yes. that would have been very great. But here is, here is the issue that I kept repeating and I keep talking about. Yeah. We are not moving anywhere. We have kept this and we are still keeping it, keeping it. But the issue is that the Americans are the ones that are moving away. Why would we, why would the Americans, traditionalists or evangelicals, Despite the fact that they were the one men keep having victory at the general conference, want to leave the United Methodist Church. Why would they want to leave? Yes. Because they're tired. That's it. Yeah. So would, would Africa be blamed because Americans are tired? Uh, so 
nobody is going to blame. So, I mean, okay, so where I'm at, I don't speak for many people. I have a weird mind. I see things my own way. The I, I'm frustrated with evangelical Americans for getting tired and giving up. I'm already frustrated with them. I love them, but I, I think that they were wrong to quit when they did. Um, and uh, I, I, I'm... I'm not frustrated with Africans who are tired. I'm just sad, you know, because I I want I want there to be <laughs> Christians somewhere that are not as as um, weak as we are. You know, I wanted someone stronger to minister to us, and I think the African church could do that. I do think there are ways that you are strong where we are weak, and you could right. minister to us. But I know that's not going to happen in America. Our evangelicals. I don't think they're as strong as your your clergy there. I think in America, our clergy have to please people more. We, our culture is much more easily offended, and it chases out pastors that uh, speak boldly. But I think in Africa, your pastors can speak very boldly, and we need to hear that. Um, right. So I that's one of the differences I see, but there are many things that I think we have in common. But one of the things that I think is different between Africa and America is in America, almost all of our clergy have learned to water down our language so that we don't offend as much. And in, in Africa, you haven't had to do that as much. And so I, 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 I understand y'all being tired. But also my understanding is that you guys can't split off as easily as American evangelical churches can. So, right. so yeah. if you are already withdrawing, but you can't do that legally, then I, I get worried about Americans coming and hurting the African church whenever you refuse to cooperate with them. Um, and so I worry that the Americans will force the Christmas covenant through because they can intimidate the delegation from Africa. Right. So I don't, I'm not a big mind. I, uh, my, I'm, I'm a very simple man. And my very simple thing says, I, I believe your heart is like my heart, that we love Jesus. Right, I understand. One area I'm going to be a little bit stronger in my language than you is, um, I believe that I can exercise Christian discernment that feels like judgment on other people. And I can say that that is Christianity and that is not. And sometimes, and maybe this makes me a colonizer, I sure hope not, but I feel like I can look in other cultures and say, well, this fits with the Bible and this doesn't fit with the Bible. And if Africans, right. if Africans do that with us, I don't see that as you imposing African values on us. I see that as you imposing Christ on us, which is a loving thing to do. You know, we might, right. we might not enjoy it. It might not feel good for us, but it's, it's what we need. You know, so I, I want to be belong to that church, and I don't care if Methodist is in the name or not. I just want to be a part of the denomination where we live out the Bible together across the world. And if if Absolutely. that's the United Absolutely. Methodist Church, I want to be United Methodist. If it's a global Methodist church, I want to be global Methodist. If it's neither of those, I want to be there. But I I think it's a sad world where men like me and you who shared the love of Christ. Uh, men like you and Jerry, who share a love of Africa in Christ, where we're all divided from each other because of other powers that 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 um, 
So, so I right, wanted. Right. I, I, I understand. I understand that. I, I try as much as possible to, to see how as African United Methodists, mm-hmm. we can speak from one, one voice. Right. This is something that I have been working on. And, 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 and we have been praying about this a lot. Yeah. How we want the church in Africa to be one. Right. Even if the United Methodist Church, that has been what we have been working on. Even if the United Methodist Church in the U.S. is going to separate, the church in Africa should be one. Yeah. And we believe that someday the African church can take the gospel of Jesus Christ to America. Yes. Yes. So, uh, anyway, this guy is, is knocking on my door. You no, that's fine. Yeah, you, you spent a lot of time yes. with me. Thank you very much. Let yes. me. So I, I would love, I appreciate that we keep this conversation yes. ongoing. Yes. Maybe from time to time, maybe we can do it weekly. We yeah. can do it depending on the time. I can, I am much as possible flexible. Yeah. And I, uh, to be honest with you, I enjoyed this conversation. Me too. And, Me too. And, and, and I will share it. I will share most of what we have discussed with you with some of the, my team members that I have worked with. Great. And, 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 and I am looking forward to some kind of resolutions or yes. understanding where, uh, uh, as African United Methodists, we can stand in one position. Yes. And, and, and then where with our American brothers, the evangelical brothers in America, we could be able to work out something that will be for the good of the ch- entire church. Not only in Africa, but in a lot in North America as well and Europe as well. Very good, brother Ande. Thank you so much for taking time today. I look forward to speaking with you again soon. And I want you to know You're how I'm going to be praying for you. I'm going to be praying. I'm going to be praying that you and Jerry and other leaders in Africa all come together and uh, can work together to minister to to me. I, so, I, amen. Amen. Yes. Amen. All right, Amen. brother. Have a blessed day. God bless you. I'll talk to you soon. You too. You right. too. Thank you. Yes, sir. You. Bye-bye. So that was Ande. Uh, he and I both obviously really enjoyed the conversation. I'm enjoying all these conversations. Um, I I think the main thing that my brain's going to be working on after this one is um, he's not the first person from Africa that has said something that resembles uh, relativism to me. And I, I can't tell if they actually believe that or if they're just trying to be gracious with Americans. But when I, when I say that, anything resembling like, well, they've got their stuff over there, we've got our stuff over here, what's right for them might not be right for us. Anything that sounds like that is strange to me because there's that common identity in Christ that is cross-cultural. Um, and so I don't know if, I mean, I presented it to him and he didn't tell me it was colonialist, but I know for a fact there are many people on the left who would say that that perspective right there that I have, that we just have the common culture and mind of Christ, and that in Africa and America, we should all conform to a, a shared understanding of what that is, and that we should judge people who stand outside of that. We should discern that they are not Christians, you know. Uh, he did not say that that was a colonialist way to be. He actually was smiling while I was talking about it, but he didn't come alongside me and say, yes, obviously people who um, participate in sexual behaviors uh, outside of the Christian, traditional Christian understanding of what's acceptable, that they that he cannot be in 
I, I put him in the position of saying, can you be in relationship with them? Can you acknowledge them as Christians? He just backed off and said, I, I'm going to try not to judge that. And it could be that that's actually how he is. And I, I would never, I don't think he's lying. I just think it's a very uncomfortable thing to be put in that position of saying, uh, no, I couldn't do that. Or maybe, maybe, maybe relativism actually is bigger in the African church than, than I understood. I just don't understand how you can have such a clear, strong feeling this is right and wrong for Africa, and then to be indifferent about this is right and wrong in America. That if why would it be wrong there and not here? Is I don't understand. <laughs> so maybe further conversations with Africans will show me. So anyway, I hope you enjoyed the conversation, and uh, I'll keep I'll keep having these conversations.